0: welcome to cna sportscast everyone i am sam deering that is christian john and we're excited to have you with us for a special for an nba draft special um there's lots to talk about especially after uh, anthony davis was traded to the los angeles lakers for three first round picks josh hart brandon ingram and lonzo ball um so let's let's talk about this ad trade briefly um before we get into free agency in our later shows um I guess we'll start with the Pelicans. Um, Christian, what do you think this means for the Pelicans?
1: I think it means that they're going to give Zion Williamson a good chance to succeed now and in the future. Yes, I did say now. I do believe that this team, with the help of a couple spare parts in free agency, I do believe that a team with a starting lineup of that consists of Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and possibly whoever they pick at four or maybe later, but we'll get into that later. I do think that team could compete for an eighth seed in the West, especially because I believe the West is going to be less competitive this upcoming season. What do you think of this trade and return for the Pelicans?
0: I, I think it means a lot. Um, before, I'm thinking this is definitely a win-win trade because Anthony Davis is one of the best players in the league. But the Lakers literally, like, honestly, I would have tried to keep Josh Hart out of that deal, but all they kept out of it, one of their main guys, was Kyle Kuzma. They still need a point guard, which we'll get into Lakers very in-depth um, in our future shows. But for the Pelicans, I guess the, the question is, do they trade Drew Holiday? I don't necessarily think they need to. Um, I do think, um, yeah, I really do think they're going to compete for an agency. I think they're going to be playoff contending next year. Not easily, but I, I really think they're going to make the playoffs. And um, Lonzo Ball, and I will—I have said this, that he's going to be a bust, but I'm very anxious to see what he has learned and not just him. Guys like him and Brandon Ingram who has also been on the trade block for quite some time? I'm anxious to see what Lonzo Ball though has learned from from has what he has learned from um, playing behind one of the best players in LeBron James. Um, people will make the issue. He would he shoot like fifty? No, I think he shot like thirty percent from the like outside the paint, right? And he was a ten point ten point per game player, which is well below average and.
1: Yeah, but scoring is not his
0: game. That's not right.
1: Lonzo's right. not a score, right?
0: Right. And I think it'll be very interesting to see that young squad. And I think Drew Holiday is a perfect guy to just learn off of and even build off of that team. And I, I think the Pelicans, the more I think about it, I, I think I really do think that trade helped them immensely for their future. Um, as for the Lakers, um, I guess I'll start with this one for the Lakers. If you're in win now mode, yeah, I think the Lakers won. If you're in win now, but if you're looking towards, if you're looking ahead for the future, um, I the Pelicans definitely won that trade. Um, you lost a lot of players, and now it's looking like Kyrie. Will the Lakers sign Kyrie, or will they go after Kemba Walker? What, what do you think? What do you think this means to the Lakers?
1: They should be excited that they got Anthony Davis and that's all they should be at this moment. In basketball, you should get assets and then you build the best team you can. You worry about the future in the future. Rob Palenka could not have a job as the Lakers GM by 2024 when the last or second to last draft pick gets conveyed to the Pelicans. So, I believe that this move was the best thing for the Lakers in the short run because the long run is not guaranteed.
0: Yeah, definitely. And we're going to be looking ahead into free agency. Free agency um, about a week, uh, definitely after the draft. I, th- I think these next few weeks are going to be very interesting um, in regards to the, ba- the world of NBA. Um, so that moves us into the trade or not the trade, sorry, the, the NBA draft. It's draft week. Um, the draft is Thursday night, and New Orleans has a lot, I guess, less pressure, um, but they do have the first, and three, that three first-round pick trade includes this year's for, uh, fourth pick for um, from L.A., from the Lakers. Um, but they've already been receiving interest, so th- the first one that comes to mind is the offer for the fourth pick from the Hawks for the eighth and the 10th pick, or there's Bradley Beal, but we'll, let's get to the first one. So I personally think, um, I don't think there's any like franchise players outside of the top five. Um, I think I really do think they could, they could, they could grab like guys like Nasir little, um, or even like Jackson Hayes or Brandon Clark. I do think there's guys with plenty of potential, um, that could end up in New Orleans if they snag that pick, because now what they're saying is number four is going to be Zion and R.J. Barrett. Yeah, those guys were unbelievable at Duke teaming up together. But it's, 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 it's the NBA, and I really don't think R.J. Barrett is going to be a franchise player. Um, what What do you think about this offer from the Hawks?
1: I think it's definitely something to consider. But it really is going to make David Griffin put all his chips to the center of the table right away. If you trade four for somebody like Bradley Beal, you're showing that you would want to win now and in the future. Obviously, that's what everybody wants to do. But this is really more of a win-now move if you traded for Beal. If you trade for eight and ten, you're saying this year, this next year, and probably the year after that aren't our year. Because you probably end up like with the what you said, a Jackson Hayes and a Nikhil Alexander Walker, for example, maybe DeAndre Hunter Falls, maybe you take Cam Reddish. But if you take if you keep four, I believe you're saying that you could win in the next couple of years and really contend however if you trade for eight and ten you're kind of punting on the next two seasons in my eyes and if you trade for beale you're trying to win right away
0: yeah i definitely think there's two ways to look at that um i i do agree with what you're saying um I like I said, you put DeAndre Hunter in this. I don't necessarily think I don't think I don't see him falling out of the top five. I would be very surprised if he does. Uh, This draft is I don't want to say weak, but um, it's definitely not as strong as we've had in previous years. Um, So I guess that that moves us into the New York Knicks. Um, There's been lots of talk about free agency. Uh, They have two max deals to to go after. Um, but they also have the third pick in the draft, um, and they've been receiving some offers. And from what we've all been hearing, they've been considering Darius Garland at number three. Um, what do you think about that? I think it's I I definitely think it's something to consider. And I Garland is definitely a top five potential. I really think he's arguably. I think you could argue for him in the top three, right behind. Right behind Ja, Moran, and Zion. How about you?
1: I love Garland as a scorer. I think he could be Damian Lillard. However, I think passing on R.J. Barrett at three is very risky. He seems like more of a sure thing to me. Garland played five games in college before he tore his meniscus at Vanderbilt. So he's more risky in my eyes. However, they might be looking for the splashier guy who is probably Garland because he could be Damian Lillard. If if this happens, New Orleans is going to be sitting there and David Griffin's going to look like an absolute mad scientist for getting Zion and RJ and not having to move up to get RJ Barrett.
0: Yeah. I definitely agree. And... Darius Garland has been getting some interest from quite a bit of teams, including the, uh, the Boston Celtics, the Bulls, and even the Timberwolves. Um, from Actually, from the fourth pick, or they're interested. Let me rephrase that. They're interested in the fourth pick to grab Darius Garland, and there's no for sure thing that he could be available. And going back to Nola... If I'm Noah, if I have R.J. Barrett or Jarrett Culver available, I'm taking Jarrett Culver. I think Jarrett Culver has the potential to be a franchise player, and I think he can make more. I think he will make more of an impact um, in New Orleans um, than R.J. Barrett will. I'm not saying R.J. Barrett's going to be a bust. I just don't think he's going to be like amazing or as good as people think he's going to be. Um, but back to Darius Garland. There's quite a bit of teams that are interested in the fourth pick for Garland. Um, I guess of the Bulls, the Celtics, and the um, Timberwolves, um, the the one of the three teams, those three, um, I really think Boston um, stands out to me because Al Horford just opted out of his deal today. Ky- Kyrie Irving is 100% gone. I he's been good, like there. If you read the news. He's ghosting the Celtics. He's not talking to them anymore. He like they know he wants out. Um so Al Horford and Kyrie Irving are they're out of the picture. Now, the question that comes to mind is is Boston rebuilding? And if they are, I definitely think trading up for number 4 to pick Darius Garland is definitely something to consider. What do you think?
1: I like Garland's fit with Boston, no doubt, because he's a lights-out shooter. And that's a great fit alongside Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, who they can make jumpers, but you don't want to see those guys taking ten threes a game, either one of them. However, I I feel the best fit for him here would be Chicago. And Chicago probably needs them the most out of these three teams. They haven't really had a good point guard since Derrick Rose got hurt. At least that's what I believe. And pairing him with Lowry Markkinen and Wendell Carter Jr. and Zach Levine would be phenomenal. And now you have four guys with extremely high ceilings to eventually take on the elites in the East and compete. And they could probably compete as soon as 2020 with that roster.
0: Yeah. Um, I do think the bulls, their front office, um, we'll get to who needs to nail the draft. Um, but I do think the bulls come to mind too, as one of the teams I think needs to do well in this draft. Um, yeah. You have Larry marketing. You have Levine and you have Wendell Carter Jr. who still has loads of potential. Um, but yeah, I really do. Darius Garland, I think would be a solid fit, but I, why don't we move ahead to who needs to nail this draft since we're both talking about that right away. Um, so I, and just so I don't like repeat myself, I do think Boston is the number one team that comes to mind for me that really needs to nail this draft. Um, basically the, all the reasons that I said before. They have Kyrie Irving gone and Al Horford's gone. And I honestly think Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum could be trade targets. I'm not saying this offseason, but I think they eventually could be. If not this year, maybe the deadline. i I don't think those guys will be on the team or one of those guys will be gone in the next year. Um and I think you could get quite a bit of value. Um, I know the Celtics were one of the front runners for Anthony Davis, and they refused to trade Jason Tatum um because they believe Jason Tatum is their franchise player. Which I guess you can make an argument for because his he had an unbelievable rookie year. Um but he had he had bits of his saw so- bits of his second year, he had a bit of a sophomore slump during the course of the season. Um, but they have three first round picks and I think they need to use those very wisely. Um, they have, I do think they could grab guys like Romeo Langford or even Tyler hero. Um, even though I don't think either of those guys will be franchise players. I do think if you go to Boston, not necessarily that you're set up for success but you have other guys to learn off of on guys like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Um, what, what do you think uh, who, who needs to nail this draft that comes to mind uh, for you? because Boston is definitely number one for me. And I think, I think they're set up for the draft the way they are, the picks that they have. I think they're set up to do very well. It's just a matter of who they pick and if they trade um, one of their picks and for even even grabbing Darius Garland at four.
1: For me, it's Atlanta. They could make this a turbo rebuild with Trey Young. And say they get up to four to take whoever they want to take. I'm not sure. I, I almost doubt it would be Darius Garland because...
0: I feel like it would be RJ Barrett,
1: right? He's a lot like Trey Young in my eyes. Um, and that's begging the question, though, if R.J. Barrett is there at four. That's but true. whatever, that's... What? Atlanta has three picks now in the first round with the Torian Prince mm. Alan Crabb deal. So, I don't assume they're going to have three rookies in camp. Or at least three first-round rookies in camp. So, I do believe we will see them move up and grab somebody to pair with Trey Young, John Collins, Kevin Herter. And... If they can grab four and they get their quote-unquote guy and it works out, this could be a crazy fast rebuild. And this night they could look back at this on Thursday and go, that was really the moment where we stepped on the gas pedal and became contenders. Or they could look back at Thursday night and if things don't go well, they could go, this is the night where we lost everything. So... I feel as though this is very important Thursday night for them. You have to, if you have three first round picks in the NBA draft, you have to get something to stick out of it. And that's the spot Atlanta finds themselves in. Yeah. I
0: think there's quite a few teams um, that are definitely a hit or miss for this draft. Uh, they need to do well. And I, I, <sighs> Next week we'll get into this, but free agency the Knicks really need to uh, step it up. But
1: yes, they do.
0: Yeah, that'll be another thing. And we'll get into
1: that though. Next absolutely. Week.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um. So. Um. So let's let's, let's start with Duke. Um. Yeah. At Duke, Cam Reddish was the, um, I guess worst player of that. A, yeah. Third. I wheel. Would say, he was the third. Right. Wheel. Right. That's the best. And he stephen a was right um he had a bit of a disappointing end of the road towards his turn like for the mar- for the tournament um he was saying and i kind of somewhat want to want to agree with him based on the way he played that he should stay at another year but his stock i i definitely think he could fall anywhere in this draft um i don't see him falling past 15. Um, I would be very surprised if he falls out of the lottery. Um, but I, I, definitely think Cam Reddish is raw and I think he could develop into something special. Um, not saying, not going there and saying he's going to be a franchise guy, but I think he has loads of potential and I think he has the potential to be something very special. And I think, I think he could develop into a gift, um, to whatever, wherever team he lands. Um, what do you think about Cam Reddish?
1: He is an absolute enigma in this draft. He could be Paul George, or he could be Anthony Bennett. We don't know who, which Cam Reddish is going to show up, if it's the confident Cam Reddish right. that comes in, can nail threes, is extremely athletic, he's just a walking bucket when he wants to be. Or do we get the guy who, at times at Duke, looked sheltered, couldn't make a jumper? Exactly, and I I look
0: at Cam Reddish the same way I look at Trey Young in last year's draft. Trey Young to me was a hit or miss guy in that draft, and he turned out he he turned out to be great. And well, it was one season, right? And I agree. I, just, I think he's going to be really
1: good, but it was I think fun. he's
0: going to be good. But I I still think it was tough to judge even before the draft started that he's going to be hit or miss, like or whether he was going to be good or not, because there were times at Oklahoma where he would go lights out. And then there were other games, even where they were playing on ranked teams where he just didn't show up. Like where was the Trey young? We saw like, where was the Trey young? We saw during the upset and like during the year, during the season. Right. And I guess Kim Reddish Third was is a good way to put it. Um, I don't. I don't necessarily want to say that he didn't have the spotlight because they gave it all to Zion. <laughs> um, well, I
1: that is the truth. That's what. Yeah,
0: I yeah. Um, but you're at Duke for a reason, and you're at Duke because you're recruited as one of the best players in your in your draft class and your uh, recruiting class. So. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think he could be – I think he could develop into an all-star player or he could develop into a mediocre guy that sits in the G League. Um, And I think it'll be interesting. And I don't want to say whoever picks him is a win-win or like a win or a loss. Like, he's definitely a hit-or-miss player. And I don't want to say he's a bust. I think he could develop into something very special
1: well i agree i mean not to sound too harsh but realistically cam reddish could be the reason why guys in front offices get fired either because he falls to like 10 and front offices in front of him take a guy like dumbia out of france and he doesn't end up working out and cam reddish is paul george but also, if a team like the Cavs can't pass on his potential and take him at five and he ends up not being very good, he could cost some guys some jobs, which is kind of scary. And I'm really rooting for Cam Radish that that doesn't happen to him.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And I think that's the reason why he's been fluctuating so much um, throughout this first round. Um, but it'll be very interesting come Thursday. Um, so... We have one more thing before we wrap things up. Um, I guess this could fall into free agency, um, but potentially if they do this before the draft or even during, the Bucks are looking to dump salary um, on Tony Snell and Ersan. So Tony Snell's on a uh, – he just he recently just signed a four-year, I believe it was 46 mil, and then Ersan's on a two-year 16 mil. Um, so – I guess of those players, I would rather get rid of Tony Snell, um, seeing as I think ursan has been tossed around quite a bit, and obviously there's a reason for that. Um, But for Milwaukee, I do think that Ursan has um, played better when we needed him. Um, And it's not necessarily that Tony Snell – like he, like he just wasn't good. Is that one? I would not want his contract, and I've said this for a while. I don't. I do think he's a bit overpaid, and I don't think he's worth that much. I would have resigned him, but I would have not have resigned him for that much. Um, and we we the Bucks the Milwaukee just has so much depth. Um, at that position, and. He 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 barely played in the playoffs. I know he didn't play in the. He he barely played in the Eastern Conference. I don't even know if he played. He I don't even he, he played in
1: games two's blowout.
0: Yeah, games two. Yeah. Um. But if I'm Milwaukee, let's put it this way: if one of those picks, if they get rid of Urson or Tony Snell, pick thirty's gone. And I don't think Milwaukee is losing much out of it because I think past, oh, about 15 to 20, uh, I would say the rest of these guys in this draft, um, I think they're even more hit or miss guys than Cam Reddish. Um,
1: Well, that's what you get late in the draft. Right, right.
0: And I basically anything past the lottery or uh, even, I guess, 20, if you want to give it to them um yeah they're either bust or you don't know how they're gonna be
1: I wouldn't and they the all the
0: up. guy they're they're the guys that sit in the g league and they take a while to develop um but if i'm milwaukee i'm definitely dumping tony snell's um contract uh what do you make of all that and do you think they should do both or
1: one or what do you think or keep 30 I believe they need to find somebody for at least one of those salaries just to keep the gang together. Mm-hmm. And if it costs you 30, it costs you 30. I don't I don't think that it's really a big deal per se, but it's just it's kind of what good teams have to do when they want to keep their cores together. So Milwaukee's just kind of going through that now for the first time. For Milwaukee fans, this is new. We've always been the team that's had salary brought, brought on salary for picks. So I don't think we should be afraid of trading 30 to move either Snell or Elias over, or possibly both. If you could find a team crazy enough to take on both guys. But I, I definitely think it's a, a must for them. Absolutely, there's, there's no way you can keep both guys,
0: right? And I don't think third losing the 30th pick is going to be much of. Uh, I don't think it's going to hurt them at all. Um, there, there's some guys, there's some talented guys down there, like Carson Edwards, or Ty even, even Ty Jerome, right? And Grant Williams, yep. And he, there's guys that are saying that uh, Ty Jerome could be somewhat of a Nikola Miritich. Uh, which would be interesting. Um, so I think Ty Jerome can fit really well, but if you lose pick thirty, it's it's the Bucks. Um, they're they 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 have the, Vegas has them at the odds to win the title next year. They're number one in the power rankings. They're in win now mode, um, and I don't think any of these guys are going to make an impact. Um, a huge impact or um, necessarily whoever they, they could take at 30. Um, unless it's Ty Jerome, because I, I would love it if Milwaukee took Ty Jerome because I think he would be a very interesting fit in Milwaukee. So to wrap things up, um, who's night, uh, whether it be a player or team or both, are you most anxious for
1: you go first I went first All right. I? <laughs>
0: um, so I'm gonna say New Orleans um, um, I make an argument and say John Moran is the best player in the draft Zion is obviously a franchise player um, but obviously if you're in New Orleans you're gonna pick you're gonna pick Zion um, because he's the better fit and I'm very interested to, interested to see what they do, what they do with that fourth pick, uh, whether it be um, for Bradley Beal, which I I do think it's a win-win for both. Um, I think they have a lot less pressure now, um, but I'm very interested to see what they do with four. Um, They're saying that Zion could team up with RJ Barrett at four. Um, I do think if I have Jarrett Culver or RJ Barrett available what for? Because Darius Garland, let's say Darius Garland's gone, I would I would pick Jarrett Culver. I think Jarrett Culver is going to make more of an impact than RJ Barrett. But the New Orleans Pelicans are definitely the team I'm most anxious for, and not necessarily they need to nail this draft um, because I definitely think they nailed free the agency so far already, um, but. I'm very interested to see what they do with that fourth pick. Um, I think it'll be very interesting what they do with Beal or the draft
1: or eight eight or 10. What do you think? I'm going to go with a guy we didn't talk about a lot this year, and that's Romeo or this episode, and that's Romeo Langford. I'm interested to see how much he falls or doesn't fall from what I saw of Romeo Langford at Indiana. He looked very good to me. He was one of the top recruits. He was believed to be probably a top 10 pick coming in to the season, and then he didn't have a great season. So now he's stuck in that after the lottery, will we ever hear from this guy range again or now? So it should be interesting to see where he goes and follow his career as we see if Romeo Langford can realize the potential it was believed he had or if he is that guy we saw last year in Indiana.
0: Great. Um, I actually want to add a player. I don't know if you want to add a team, but I want to add Tyler Hero. Um, I have seen him fluctuate many places. I, When I first read that he was going through the end, the draft process to enter, I, said, I, I thought – why? Um, I don't think he's going to be a lottery pick. Well, what do you know? I, every mock draft you look at, he's in the lottery. So I, I do think he could fall anywhere too. And I, I've been told that he's going to be a Devin Booker. Um, I don't want to say that's a stupid comparison, but I, I just don't see Tyler Hero. I, I'm rooting. It's nothing for the like. I, I respect his talent. I'm rooting for Tyler Hero. Um, I It'll be an interesting night. He's arguably, he will be first round. It's just a matter of, will he fall into the lottery? Um, but yeah, I'm rooting for Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero, um, I think it'll be a very interesting night for him as well as the other guys. Um, so that will wrap it up. And we will... See you next week. Um, Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Um, Our Twitter page is CS Sports Feed 2. Um, Our Instagram page is CS Sports. And our Facebook page is CNS Sports Podcast. And don't forget, I am Sam Deering. Um, Why don't you follow me on uh, Twitter? Um, er, Yep, at Sam underscore Deering 68. And Christian is er, I love Brent Suter. Um, give us a share a like a follow and share with your friends so we will see you next week